Hey, you're listening to Let's Stay Together, a podcast about the series Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. <laughs> and today we're discussing chapters 9 and 10. Yay. I'm excited. Mm. You sound really <laughs> quietly excited. <laughs> um, <Ooh>. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do our regular discussion, uh, or I'm going to summarize the chapter. We're going to do our regular discussion, and then we're going to do our spoiler discussion, as we do every time. But first... I have a couple shout outs. So this week we got... We might mix it up and do spoilers first. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Rocks fall, everyone dies. (laughs) Um, So first we have some shout outs. So this week we got some really nice asks on Tumblr. And that made my day. It made my week, really, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And I really appreciate it. And then we also just... So we record this on Sundays. And we just got an email from our website from a listener named Alice who confirmed that she was laughing at us talking about West Side Story. So there's at least three of us who enjoy West Side Story. <laughs> Crossover is three. Yep. <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> I just, we've seen, I, so I track all the like listener stats and stuff for this podcast because I find it really interesting and we've seen a lot of growth recently. So that's really nice to see. It's making me really happy. And I just want to say, Thanks for listening. It's a it's a pleasure to create this podcast, and I'm really glad that other people are enjoying it too. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. My heart is full, so full, <laughs> <laughs> and I really enjoy responding to everyone's asks. But that being said, if if you have a comment that you want to leave and you don't want me to talk about it or whatever, just or re- reply publicly, m- m- like let me know in the comment, and then I won't because you know I get it. Otherwise, you're free game. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> That's how the internet works. Also, like the first one or two that I responded to, I didn't realize that you could reply privately because, like, I don't <laughs> in my personal like Tumblr, I just mostly lurk and like stuff. I don't really reply to people, so I was not aware. Anyway, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> but just let me know if you want to. We're not we're not big name Tumblr fans here. No, no. <laughs> just keep it. Well, maybe we will be. We're gonna have to be <laughs> someday. <laughs> someday. The time is now to finally figure out how to use Tumblr. Um, but yeah, if you, if you don't, if you want to keep it on the DL, I, I get it. Just let me know. Okay, let's start with chapter nine. So, the day of the culture festival is finally here. In case we kind of talked about the culture festival last time, but basically I looked it up because I was, we were positing perhaps that the public can come and whatever. And yes, it is, it is a situation where at schools in Japan, it is like a mandatory attendance and students have to produce things or do performances um, and often volunteers perform and the general, the school is open so that um, like potential students or alumni or just like the public can come and see what the students have been doing. So like that's kind of the purpose and it's usually in the fall in case anybody was wondering. I did Google it. <laughs> um, they're all wearing their lovely sweaters. They are wearing their lovely sweaters. They're also wearing aprons as we, as we yeah. predicted last time. <laughs> We open with a chapter with the onigiri stand in full swing, um, and some of Toru and, and Kyo and Yuki's classmates are saying, like, this is great. We might make first place in the food division, which I think is interesting, because then it also implies that there's, like, a competition going on at the school. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see that in my Googling of, of Culture Day, but maybe this school's hip and fun. <laughs> so there's some kind of uh, competition, and they might, they're might they excited because they might do really well. Also, so the they're there in their aprons selling... Lots and lots of onigiri. Um, and Hana is also there dowsing? 
question mark? She's like reading people's uh, fortunes, I think. There's a girl, she's talking to a girl. And I thought, I thought it might be dowsing. So I googled different types of fortune telling. And then I was like, it dawned on me that that might be like a TV antenna. <laughs> I forgot what antenna looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Since this is from the 90s and it's 2019. Yeah, I was thinking it was like a like water rod. That's what I thought, like for dowsing. But yeah. But like for dowsing, you need two. So then I Googled, this is, I Googled <laughs> different types of fortune telling and there's so many different types, but none of them involved like an antenna type device, except for dowsing where you have to hold like two things, I think. Um, mm. But including a variety of things like reading tea leaves and like throwing beans and burning stuff and looking at the, the ashes and also some of them. And I highlighted this for you because you have a pet bird. Some of them also involve parrots. <laughs> So to confirm, are these living parrots or they're pets of the animal kind of thing? <laughs> no, it's living parrots. Let me tell okay. you about parrot astrology as a side note, which is a type of astrology and it involves using green parakeets that are trained to pick up cards. And then there's like a fortune teller that then looks at the cards and reads your fortune. So I think what you need to do is train your pet bird <laughs> to be a fortune teller. I don't think I trust him with my future. <laughs> or anyone else's future. Yeah. They kind of do that at zoos sometimes, where they have like a crow pick of the winning team or whatever. Do they really? <laughs> yeah, you ever seen that? No, I've never seen that. Yeah, they do it. I've seen them do it with squids, where they like have the squids and octopus, where they like go into a house for the winning team. But I've also seen them do it with like crows picking a card. <laughs> I feel like I would trust a octopus with my fortune, but not a parrot. <laughs> is that is that or a weird crow. thing to say? <laughs> or a crow? Uh, those are uh, all mischievous animals. I don't think I trust any of those. <laughs> This is a long side note. I'm going to stop. But I just thought, <laughs> so I don't, I didn't, I don't know if it's supposed to be like some kind of dowsing or something. I, I suspect my, my, it's so, Denpa is supposed to be electromagnetic magnetic waves, right? And television mm -hmm. and radio use electromagnetic waves. So I was like, maybe she's using the antenna or maybe it's all for spectacle. I don't know. <laughs> but she's definitely doing something on the side and it looks like fortune telling. She's also wearing like a little like a costume with a hat, like a kind of a witchy looking mm -hmm. hat. I just wanted to point that out, which is there's one this is we're talking about one panel. <laughs> it's like one part of a yeah. one part it's of the not page. even a real panel. It's like a, a yeah. sub panel and a big panel. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was I, I never noticed it before, so I thought it was really funny. Yeah, neither. So. <laughs> Oh, it's pretty good. There's a couple of things in these chapters that I had never really thought about. And mm -hmm. that was one of them that I just saw for the first time this time. And it was really great. Back in the regular action that's happening. Um, there's a student that's complimenting Toru on this adorable cat onigiri that she made. Um, and she said she thought of making a rat too. But they're all like, ew, that'd be so gross. And Uo and Kyo are like chilling on the floor. <laughs> not helping out as usual. And Uo yawns and then Kyo wonders if eating the cat onigiri would make him a cannibal. <laughs> Toru says that the one who she thanks the girl but she's like well I think the one who's contributing the most to the onigiri sales is Yuki. And a flip of the page reveals that he's wearing the dress that the upperclassmen girls asked him to wear in the last chapter slash our last episode where we discussed this. Um, and there's a girl who's, I think, one of the upperclassmen who's, like, telling people off and telling them not to take photos because Yuki doesn't, he clearly doesn't like it. And the students in their class are commenting that he's, like, he's cute, maybe too cute. And he's the one bringing in all the attention. So, like, they're kind of, like, the Onigiri stand is doing well, but then they think it's because everyone's coming to see Yuki. Um, <laughs> and in Toru's narrations, he says 
Somokun is wearing girls' clothes today, and it's caused quite the uproar. Everyone's coming by to see him, even teachers. Um, <laughs> and they, which I also thought was interesting. Um, they've been Not able okay. to. <laughs> no. Well, we can talk about this later, but yeah, everyone's coming to. Everyone is coming to take part in the spectacle, um, and. Uh, they've been able to sell a lot of onigiri because of it, but Yuki's not enjoying it. And there's a girl who comes up who's bringing Yuki some flowers kind of behind this narration. And at the end, Toru and Yuki make eye contact, and he turns away immediately, kind of shamefully. And Toru then, I think she thinks he's avoiding her, even at home. And she says, she ends this, all this narration by saying out loud, I wonder if I upset him somehow. And Kyo is like, leave him alone. He's probably just humiliated to be dressed like a girl. He's really self-conscious about his pretty face. And Uo is like, really? But a lot of people are jealous of him. And Kyo is like, he's finally getting what he deserves. And then Toru's like, which, <laughs> Kyo, like, come on, stop being a dick. Anyway, <laughs> um, Toru's like, what should I do? When I saw him dressed like that, I thought, oh, he's so cute. But Inuo's told her not to worry. And it's that most people think that. And then she worries, Toru worries internally that Somakun is really hurt. But he's still dressing like a girl for everyone. And he's therefore very kind. Um, but Toru's worries are interrupted by a shout in German again it's momiji <laughs> and he says what i can only roughly translate as dear heavens in german and jumps on yuki and asks uh why yuki looks like a girl also in german i think partially in german um and everyone looks surprised huh he's got another snack by the way yes oh yeah he is it says i made a note it says it looks like he's holding more candy i don't know what that snack is i think it's like maybe licorice like a licorice type thing that's what i thought and i tried to google shapes of licorice and then it gave me all those like wine gums and stuff and i was like this isn't what i wanted <laughs> anyway um it's not a twizzler no and i googled licorice whip thinking that that might be what it was and then i just got twizzler shapes i was like okay well you bested me internet <laughs> But yeah, he's definitely holding more snacks, of course. And Kyo is like, what is he doing here? And Toru is like, do you know him? Because Toru recognizes him from the other night. Then the man that we saw last time, known as Hari, appears, dressed again in what appears to be a suit vest. <laughs> and he's scolding Momiji. And he's like, hey, uh, he comes in and he's also like, hey, you look well, Yuki and Kyo, <laughs> you know. Um, and I thought that this sounded kind of harsh. It sounds weird. It says like, hey, you look well, Yuki, Kyo. And like that's it. <laughs> so I I also checked in the Japanese version, and it's just kind of a grammatical construction where I think it would be hard to fit it in the two speech bubbles because like if I translated it, I would just say like you both look well, you know, something like that. But because it's in these mm -hmm. two yeah. bubbles, that you have to. So it sounds really harsh, but I think he's just being chill. He's being himself. <laughs> anyway, um, I didn't read it as harsh. Just like addressing two people. <laughs> that's okay. Good. Well, I did. <laughs> And I, anyway, I was concerned because I thought, well, because we know that Kyo, the reason I thought I wanted to look at it is because we know that Kyo is kind of seen as an outsider. So he says the sentence in a way that's like, you look well, Yuki, Kyo, like as if he's kind of adding at the end. And so I was like, well, I wonder if he's being a little harsh toward Kyo, but I don't think that that's how it is. I think it's just spread out over those text yeah. bubbles. And I think he's I actually- I it as kind of the like formal thing where you- Yeah just say the people's names in order yeah and i think um but i think he's actually the way that he says it he's actually acknowledging kyo equally so i think that's nice yeah. actually it kind of flipped it around for me so that's why i pointed it mm -hmm. out um anyway so yuki he looks immediately again <laughs> concerned as i always say in every episode maybe <laughs> maybe even like threatened a little bit 
Um, alarmed. Alarmed. Yeah. It's like he's pl- trying to play it really cool, but I think like deep down he's very, very concerned. Mm-hmm. And he he's interrupted by all the girls. Before he can say anything, he's interrupted by all the girls in the class freaking out over how handsome and adorable Momiji and Hari are. And they're like, oh, so you know them? And Momiji introduces them, and he introduces them saying that he's half German and Japanese, and that they're relatives of Yuki and Kyo. And Tori asks Kyo if that's true, and he's like, yeah, but forget about why Momiji is here. What is Tori doing here? So now we know his name is Tori, so now I can finally say it. <laughs> um, so Tori was like, wow, I met Asoma without even knowing it. So kind of like, she also steps out of this moment and is really excited that she's met another Soma. Um, and she wonders if they're in the Zodiac as well. And Tori is like, well, that being said, when did you become a woman? And Yuki is like, how dare you say that after you see me naked so many times? And all the classmates are like, what? What? No way. <laughs> and Yuki's like, no, it's not like that. He's he's my doctor. Um, and of course, Tori whips out a stethoscope immediately. The lesson to be learned here is to never be without your stethoscope. <laughs> That's what makes him a doctor, right? If you carry a stethoscope, yeah. that makes you a doctor. <laughs> Talk softly and carry a big stethoscope. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and always wear a suit. <laughs> yeah. So he. No, terrible handwriting. <laughs> yes, exactly. I wonder if Adore's handwriting is terrible. I don't know. I'm curious now. I <laughs> well, see him writing anything. <laughs> I don't think so, but we'll have to look. I'll make note of it. <laughs> um, so he asks Yuki to take a deep breath. Um, and then they bicker because Yuki missed his checkup. And so Hidori- Yuki is like. Why do you have to do this in front of everyone? And Toru's like, well, you should have just come for your checkup, and then I wouldn't have to examine you here. Um, and Toru is like, oh, are you are you not well? And Toru explains that Yuki has weak bronchial tubes, and it gets better as he gets older. And I immediately thought, is like like asthma? And no, it's a different thing. It's a specific type of. I, I mean, I don't know. I just googled weak bronchial tubes, and there is a because I don't know. I didn't know what I was going to find, and apparently there's um there's a situation where you can have weak cartilage in your bronchial tubes and it apparently occurs in children that are quite young and it just gets better with age Mm. so yeah if you google weak bronchial tubes you'll get to the wikipedia page that describes this i'm just saying i always kind of thought i just i thought you know yeah anyway i know i just like to sprinkle little bits of knowledge in here just like how last time we talked about how someone who writes belletra is a belletrist (laughs) you know (laughs) I just want to, I just aim to educate and enrich the experience of reading this manga. <laughs> but I just, I don't know, I also just kind of thought that it was kind of like asthma, but it's it's maybe a little bit different. Anyway, that's all. Um, so, Hitori asks if it's, that's, if she's Toru Honda, and she introduces herself. And Hitori says, I see, so you are just a normal girl, which I think is interesting. Um, so Yuki also is about to say something to Hitori, but Omiji causes a distraction by climbing all over the onigiri stand. Um, and he's also stolen Yuki's flowers that the girl gave him yeah. and woven them into a hat. You can see it happening in the yes. background of a few panels through yes. the last few pages. I love <laughs> how... the flowers and they're on his hat. <laughs> yeah, he's holding them, then they're separated, then they're on his hat. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I just, there's so many things. In addition to that one little tiny panel of Hana that I never noticed before, there's all these things that are like happening in the background and all these scenes that like carry through the scene that you see happening slowly that I, that Takaya's added in and I think they're really nice it's like mm-hmm. like or they're woven into like how Hana was reading the book Shigeru's book and uh when they were visiting yeah. and it's like actually woven into her reactions in the in the 
uh, rest of the chapter and like the same thing here like he's now those flowers are in his hat for the rest of the time which is nice it's yeah. just like a little fun little continuity yeah, yeah it's cute i like it um and then so toru excuses herself from this conversation with yuki and hattori to go and help her classmates deal with momiji so yuki and hattori can then have this side conversation that yuki has been desperately trying to start for the last five minutes <laughs> um <laughs> so yuki wants to know why hattori is there and he explains that momiji brought the flyer for the culture festival and Akito saw it and Akito said he was going to come but he had a fever so Hattori came instead to chaperone Momiji and Yuki's like well you're not doing a very good job while well, he's like climbing yeah, on the stand like shouting going in the yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, Hattori said that he would rather he would rather have come when there were less people around but he assures Yuki that he didn't come to do anything to Toru and that Akito would have to be the one to make that decision and they share this very like fierce bitter yuki looks very bitter i think look toward each other um that i also never really noticed before it's fierce i don't actually know really how to describe it those are the words that i thought of it's kind of like at the bottom of that page not concerned it's definitely not concerned for once <laughs> it's it's beyond that it's like kind of it's bitter like it's it's resentful perhaps yeah mm -hmm. um and it looks like it's kind of shared between both of them like hattori looks kind of defensive too to like yuki's obvious his obvious discomfort with him being there but then Hattori eases the tension by saying that Yuki won't get very far threatening him in that outfit and he's like why are you the only one cross-dressing in the small text and Yuki's like thank you very much Hattori is actually hilarious like, he's so good he's seen as, he's seen as a really serious character but he's really funny yeah also the two of them together are really funny because what Yuki actually says so I also looked this up I can't. I don't think I was even looking this up for something specific in, in Japanese, but I just wanted to know what he said. And Yuki says this phrase, which is like, Yuki's like, thank you very much. And so I <laughs> I looked this up in Japanese, and he, what he says is, Okina osewada. And what that, it, it's like, it's not a phrase that I'm familiar with. Like, I've never really heard it before. But apparently what it translates to is like, it's none of your business. And the <laughs> phrase like, Osewa is like a polite way of saying like help so you or your assistance so normally you would use it in a phrase like oh thank you for your help the other day or something where you're actually trying to be polite so he's like using it really ironically and I thought that that was really funny like it's even funnier <laughs> it's even funnier than just saying like thank you very much it didn't seem it was like oh, it's kind of funny you can tell that he's trying to be ironic but I think it's even more funny and ironic in Japanese I don't know yeah <laughs> I do like the punctuation though because like thank you yes so much. <laughs> so much you can definitely interpret it that way it's like thanks for your help. <laughs> um, and I love, yeah, just like you were saying, I love how sarcastic Yuki is, especially Yuki and Hattori together. Like, they're mm -hmm. both really funny. Hattori, it is kind of this, it's interesting how he comes in and they're all so concerned. Like, Yuki is immediately on, on guard. I guess it's because they care about Toru so much. Yeah, and they know... He was a little wary, too. Yeah. He's just like, forget about Mimiji. What's he doing here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, and of course, Momiji is causing wreaking havoc, um, yeah. which I'm sure Kyo hates. But yeah, he's immediately there like, oh no, Hattori is here. But then Hattori is like, hey, yo, you guys look great. What's yeah. what's up? Like, he, it's not like he knows. I think he knows that they're super on edge. Um, yeah. But they're so, but then he's just so funny. Like, he's really, I don't know. He's immediately positioned as also having that, that sense of humor, which is nice too. Mm -hmm. Anyway, meanwhile, Kyo has taken care of the Momiji situation. Um, so Toru, a better chaperone than Hattori. Yeah, well, I don't know if hitting someone it makes you a good chaperone, but <laughs> he's definitely got him off the Hattori was stand. Doing nothing. So. <laughs> Hattori was there. Hattori was there to make sure that Yuki can breathe. That was his number one yeah. mission. 
but yeah, he wasn't doing anything to help get rid of the uh, calm Momiji down. So Toru pops behind the curtain, behind the stand. She sees Momiji and Kyo there, and Kyo is telling Momiji to behave or go home. Momiji is whining that Kyo hit him. So Momiji snaps out of it when the Toru pops up and is like, "Hey, it's Toru. How are you? I came to see you." And Toru, who I think a little bit hesitantly, is like, "Oh, you're from the Soma family, right?" And Momiji says, "We had a fateful encounter," and Kyo asks about it. Momiji explains that they met at his father's building and that his father is the building manager. So Momiji is there a lot. And Toru was like, uh, uh, while he's saying this. And then when he's done, she's like, eh. <laughs> she's like, I've been cleaning a Soma building this whole time. Uh, Momiji is like, Toru is so dumb, which I thought was kind of mean, actually. <laughs> it's really intense. And she's like, I think she thinks like, but the sign was different. And Yuki never said anything when he came to pick me up. And there's a little author's note that says Yuki didn't know that that was a soma building but miji is like you know about the zodiac thing right and she's like uh yes and so she's like then i can hug you and then kyo is like hold it lover boy think of where you are <laughs> um and toru has switched her mood has already switched back to being excited about um thinking that he might be part of the Zodiac and wondering about Momiji. And Momiji's like, oh, you're hogging Toru. Are you hogging Tor Toru because she's so cute? I bet you hug her every day. And Kyo's like, why would I want to? And then, of course, this <laughs> Momiji has distracted him significantly enough that he can jump up. And he's like, my turn, and hugs Toru. And the explosion <laughs> of him transforming catches everyone's attention. And they peek behind the curtain to find a goddamn adorable rabbit <laughs> and a blushing Toru. <laughs> and I forgot, also forgot, like, we talked about Kagura and how cute her zodiac form is and momiji mm -hmm. i think maybe has the cutest zodiac form of all <laughs> mm -hmm. and super cute. it's adorable <laughs> it's wonderful it's adorable he has these little like black tipped ears um mm -hmm. it's very cute and uh but anyway in this situation not so cute because everyone is about to find out the secret so they're like oh they have this kyo and toru have this expression that i also described as oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> um so the, the kids find, the classmates find Momiji's clothes and they're all like, did he just take off his clothes and wander off? It's so weird. Say something, Honda-san. So they go from like, they go from being like, what's so weird? And they immediately start pointing the finger at Toru, which I thought was interesting too. I guess because the bunny is on her knees. I don't know. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, Yuki, who has been hearing this, clenches his fist and he saves the day by saying, in that case... I'm weird too. I'm dressed like this and you're all going on about rabbits. It must not suit me at all. And so they all turn around and turn their attention back to Yuki. They're like, no way, you're the best. You look incredible. Believe in yourself. And it looks like it's a bunch of guys in the class saying this too, which is <laughs> interesting. And he's like... He's got, he's got some weaponized shoujo sparkles going on yeah, in the panel too. He does. And like dreamy <laughs> eyes. And he's like, thanks. <laughs> Meanwhile, with everyone distracted, Toru runs off with Momiji and Kyo and Hattori and the two of them end up on the roof. And Momiji is whining to Toru that Kyo and Hattori are being scary and they're like, seriously, you're lucky that Yuki threw them off. Kyo also laments that Yuki's always trying to steal the spotlight with his good looks and that he probably likes, but that it gets interrupted by Yuki punching him in the air. <laughs> highly uh, detailed action panel. Yeah, the most detailed action panel that we've seen. <laughs> It's stick figures. It's stick figures. Perhaps <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> the scale needed to be represented with stick figures to fit in the panel. <laughs> so Yuki scolds Momiji as well and tells him that he needs to be careful. And Hattori says, it's time to go. But before they leave, he asks Yuki and Kyo to stand side by side. And he says that he wants a simple, concise answer to the question he's about to ask. What is two plus one? 
and as they answer, he takes a photo of them, <laughs> um, and he says that the photo is for Akito. <laughs> um, so Tori and Momiji say goodbye, and Kyo runs off after them to get the camera, and Toru is like, I... I didn't get to find out anything about Hattori-san, so, like, after all the chaos, she's still like, wait, <laughs> I didn't get to find anything out about him. Um, as they leave, Yuki slumps to the ground, and he's like, my life is over. What will Akito <laughs> think when he sees me in this outfit? And he starts to kind of, like, take it off, and Toru's like, no, you'll catch cold, your your lungs, your, your trachea, or whatever. And he's like, it, it's harder, it would be harder to endure wearing this. And she's like, but everyone was happy to see you. And she's like, Yuki's like, guys don't like being called cute. And Toru was immediately like, taken aback. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm as guilty as everyone else then because I thought you were cute too. <laughs> um, and Yuki is also like, I didn't want you to see me either because I look like an idiot. I should have just told them no. And then Toru is kind of like, uh, um, but I mean, I was happy when my mom told me that I was cute. And then she has this memory of her with her mother hugging her saying that she's cute and Toru thinks they're words of love, mom, mom, I won't ever hear them again. Which I thought was, it was just like heartbreaking actually in the middle mm -hmm. of the scene. There's all this like chaos going on and she's trying to convince Yuki to, to she's trying to cheer up Yuki and then she has this really like heartbreaking memory kind of in the middle mm -hmm. of that. Yeah, but then she has to like snap herself out of that. Yeah, I think <laughs> she does. And I think she does. And she's like, um, but you know, they're just saying that they like you, you know, maybe. And then she's like, maybe I'm not explaining myself well. And Yuki says no. And it's strange though, because he doesn't mind it when Toru says it. Ooh. <laughs> I wrote in my notes. <laughs> this is my favorite part of all shoujo manga. Anyway, <laughs> she's like, eh. And he's like, he says that he, he decides to keep the fan service up a little while longer, but then he needs her help to untangle one of the buttons from his luscious hair. <laughs> so, he looks super cute in that panel. Yeah, he's like, he's oh, but can you help me? <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> it's also, it's like, I relate, Yuki, I relate to everything that you're saying. Yeah. He's like, this guy, he says something like, I didn't write it in my notes, but he says something like, the dress is so, this dress is so complicated, so hard to like get in and out of. And it's like, I feel you. <laughs> Yeah, the struggle of girl clothes. Yes. <laughs> he probably doesn't have good pockets either. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he tells Toru that... So she so she sits down to help him untangle the button from his hair. And he tells Toru that he thinks that it will look good on her. And then she's like, no way. It's like, it's a princess dress. It's a dress for a princess. And as Toru <laughs> frees the button from his hair, Yuki says, you're cute. On you, Honda-san? I'm sure it would be very pretty. And then he smiles. And it's not... It's not the same as his like genuine smile from before or his like slightly embarrassed cute smile from when they played Dai Hin Min. It's like I think it's like a flirty smile. Mm -hmm. I looked at it for a long time and I was like, "Oh, Yuki, I see what you're doing with your face." It's like very <laughs> relaxed but also kind of he's got these like narrowed eyes like he's trying to look into her soul a little bit. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this is how normal people flirt, right? Right. <laughs> Try well, real hard. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he's, I think he's nailing it <laughs> because yeah. after this casual, intense compliment, he hops up and he's like, thank you. Shall we go back to class? Yeah. Like, he just like, as if it's nothing. <laughs> and meanwhile, Toru's like sitting on the ground, like I've used the phrase Toru freaks out <laughs> so many times, but I think mm -hmm. this is the most legitimate time I've ever used it. So yeah. Toru freaks out. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know what to say. I don't. I, sh I don't know if I should feel shocked or moved or flattered or upset. She's like, Somokun thinks I'm cute. It also reminded me of <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 
I'm cute. I'm cute. What do you think the crossover is of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer fans and <laughs> Faruba fans? <laughs> probably runs a little higher. Do you think so? I bet it's even lower. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Most people of a certain age and certain culture have seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Probably so. us North Americans, perhaps. There's a small portion of those that have gone on the Reed Fruits Basket is probably still larger than the uh, other crossover. West Side Story. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so she thinks Somokun is a real prince charming. Um, and so they go back to class, and Yuki immediately talks. They see Kyo, and Yuki's like, did you get the camera? And he's like, shut up. No. <laughs> um, and Yuki turns around to talk to Toru, and Toru's still silently freaking out behind him. Um, <laughs> so it's, Which I also think is funny, because that means they walked all the way from the roof back to class, and she's still in that same like mindset. <laughs> Tor is still freaking out silently behind They call Yuki. that uh, screaming internally on the internet these days? I think so. It's like screaming with joy internally, though. When I think of screaming internally, it's like when I would use the scream emoji for something for something bad. This is like, can't stop. I think it can be anything. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, Yuki turns to Toru um, and explains to her that she should avoid being alone with Hattori, which is what he was clearly worried about this whole time. Not because Hattori is bad or anything, but because he was the one who suppressed all the kids' memories from the incident when Yuki was little and he transformed. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. But on that note, immediately Toru gets paged to the office where Hattori is waiting for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking! Smoking inside a school. I mean, I think... I, like, I feel like, of course, even today... Smoking culture is different in Japan than North America, where we live. Yeah. Like, we went to places recently where there was still, like, smoking in restaurants, and there was, like... And it was... Smoking car. Smoking car. <laughs> and it, but it was still mind-blowing to me, though, because it's, like... Also, he's at a school. Like, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> but I guess he's in the, like, office. Maybe they don't smoke in the classrooms or something. Maybe the teachers can smoke mm -hmm. in the office. But it was still, like... They had, it was a joke in something I watched where someone was, like, going through the teacher's lounge, and it was just, like covered with smoke yeah <laughs> i think there's a joke like that in the simpsons actually <laughs> anyway it's just not that important but i was i noticed it immediately that's not a song that i can sing i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's the only line i know <laughs> from what song i'm smoking in the boys room that's okay what it's called <laughs> all right <laughs> good times anyway <laughs> He says that he wanted to speak to her privately, but he, of course, wasn't able to with Yuki and Kyo there circling like sharks. That's not what Tori okay. said. That's what I said. <laughs> um, he gives her his address and asks to speak to her on her next day off about something important and not to tell Yuki and Kyo about it. Um, so she has this internal freak out. Which I thought was also really funny. The way the panel is designed is yeah, really I love funny. This panel. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, Hattori was the one who suppressed their memories. Hattori was the one who suppressed their memories. And it's like over and over yeah, again. It's just this like long, thin panel in the middle <laughs> with a tiny tour at the bottom of all the <laughs> yeah. suppressed their memories. <laughs> yes. And then, um, it's, but then her mom told her not to be mistrusting. So she's like, okay. And he says that she might even get to meet Akito. And then Momiji pops up and he's like, don't worry, in German. I'll be there to make sure that Hattori doesn't do anything dirty. And he's like, hey. And then she's, he's like, <laughs> Toru is a girl. She'd be scared to be left alone with a man. Which is true. Um, and then Toru thinks that she'll feel a little better with Momiji there. And the chapter closes with her wondering about what Hattori wants to talk to her about. And on that note, public service announcement. If someone asks you to go alone to their house and not to tell people, don't do it. <laughs> I feel like I strongly need to say this. 
It's just like our public service announcement about telling people that you're living in a tent. And if you bring a friend along for safety, make sure it's not someone you met that same day at the same time as me. (laughs) Right. Someone who's clearly in cahoots. Yeah, no. (laughs) Having another person there who knows that other person is not a guarantee of safety. (laughs) But nobody's there to tell Toru that because her mother is dead, which is so sad. (laughs) I feel like her intentions of not being mistrusting are are good, but sometimes you got to not trust people. Anyway. <laughs> Although she lives with strangers and I don't know, whatever. Listen, it's anime. Just just don't tell someone. Yes, family of the people she's living with. but <laughs> Yeah, but you don't, she doesn't know them at all. Yeah. And I mean, then, I wouldn't. But... <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Or at least I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, meet in a public place, first of all, and yeah. don't not tell people who you're going to meet yeah. ever. Tell your friends and go to the Starbucks. Yeah, always meet at Starbucks. There's a lot of awkward people there. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> They're all writing their own, their novels or whatever. So they won't pay attention to your conversation. <laughs> it's true. All right. So chapter 10 begins with Kyo bursting into the living room, shouting that Toru has left the house again. And Yuki and Shigure are chilling. And Shigure is like, well, she went to a friend's house. She said so at dinner yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but Shigure is like, it just goes to show you how much of this house Toru has become. Where has our flower? Where's the flower of our humble home? And Yuki and Kyo are like, what the hell are you talking about? Are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Toru has come to a large, imposing looking gate with an engraved placard on the front door bearing, or the front of the, the side of the door bearing the name Soma. And her heart pounds as she thinks that they must be a really important family um and she came as instructed without telling the others and she might get to meet akito toru just tell them where you're going next time please <laughs> um but umiji pops up over the fence which surprises her and he's like hey you're right on time come on in um the gate opens and umiji welcomes her inside the house and inside beyond the gate we see even more kind of traditional looking houses and, and gardens and there's even like a little pond um, behind where Omiji is standing. And Toru thinks that the grounds are huge and it's like its own little tiny town in there. Um, and she also remarks on how the atmosphere is quiet and it's not helping her nerves at all. Um, so Omiji leads her to Otori's house. And as she passes, we see the person who I think we can safely say is Akito now standing mm-hmm. in a circular window, um, looking out as she passes by. Lurking, lurking for sure. Just like I do <laughs> on Tumblr, as we just discussed earlier. <laughs> Uh, Akito's a Tumblr lurker. <laughs> basically. Akito's the ultimate lurker. Um, they arrive at Hattori's house, and she apologizes for not bringing anything. Hattori is like, don't worry about it. He invites her to sit anywhere, and he asks Momiji to get them drinks, which I thought was kind of funny. He's like, and Momiji, go get us drinks. Um, Toru, she sits down, and she notices a photo of a woman and wonders who it might be. Like, not, probably not Hattori's mother, but she thinks that she wouldn't have imagined it Hattori would be the kind of person to have a photo of a woman like he seems very solemn and he sounds angry no matter what he says and she also this whole time she's like kind of still sweaty and nervous and she thinks (laughs) like could it be the important thing that he wanted to talk to me about was my incompetence (laughs) and my the question that I have about this is like what incompetence regarding what like like why why does she think that like what is that supposed to mean anyway we can discuss it later I guess but Momiji asks her if she's okay, um, and he says that Hattori can examine her if she wants, and she's like, I'm fine, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> she asks about Hattori, um, she asks, she talks to Hattori, and she asks if he works in a hospital, and he says that he's a private doctor for the Soma family. 
but most of that job means taking care of Akito, who's often sick, and Toru thinks that Akito must have a weak body. Toru also comments to Momiji and Hitori about how quiet it is, and Momiji says that everyone is inside at the inner gate preparing for the family's New Year celebration, and that even outside people often come to help with that. And she's like, inside, outside? And Momiji explains that there are people living on the road that Toru walked in. And there's a little diagram in the manga. Mm -hmm. But on the road that Toru walked in to get to the house, all of those houses on that tree-line road are inhabited by somas. And there are about 100 people living there outside and about 50 people inside the main house, which is a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I always forget this part. (laughs) Like, it's so many Hattori's like, that's amazing. And Omiji's like, is it? And Hattori says, it's certainly not common, which I think is true. Mm-hmm. Um, Toru thinks that it's something that most people never get to see. Like, she recognizes again that she's being let closer to the family secrets. Momiji continues to explain that those on the inside are possessed or they know about the secret. And Shigure and Yuki used to live inside too, but Kyo has always lived outside, which is interesting to note. Um, Hattori says that there are very few people, even family, who know about the secret, and that normally Toru's memories would have been suppressed immediately. But Akito didn't give that order and even allowed Toru to continue to live with them. And Tori says that he's been thinking about it, and he asks if Toru likes living there, and she says that of course she does. And he says, I think that it would be best if you leave that place. Do not involve yourself with the Soma family anymore. And he says, I'm sure that Shigure didn't make the clear the gravity of our, situ- of our condition. The Soma family continues to be possessed by vengeful spirits. It's not the fun and games you might think. It's bizarre, sinister, cursed. And we see Momiji, who, like, under, behind this narration, who's usually quite bouncy and happy, like we've seen him all this time, being super excited, but he's also looking kind of forlorn here when you when Hattori speaks. And then I also noticed that Hattori is sitting kind of separately from them in a chair while they're sitting on the floor together which I thought was kind of interesting. Like, the way they're positioned, I feel like Atori, maybe, he's almost trying to distance himself from Toru a bit physically, mm-hmm. too. Um, Toru is kind of shocked and maybe a little bit dismayed looking, like, by the look of her face. Um, and Atori continues, and he says, before you regret getting involved with the Somas, get out. But a doorbell rings, <laughs> which Atori stands up to get, and Toru... Toru's like, I don't understand what he's talking about. And eventually, and she doesn't say anything, but Momiji starts talking and he tells Toru that Atori used to have a girlfriend named Kana, who was his assistant. Um, and she was sweet. And when she found out about Hatori being possessed, she laughed and said that she didn't care. Which, of course, has revealed that Atori is also one of the Zodiac. They were going to be married, but when Akito found out, Akito got so mad that he went into a rage and wouldn't allow the marriage and he hurt Hatori's eye. But Hatori didn't blame Akito. Kana blamed herself. She agonized over it and she said that it was her fault. And eventually she got, as Momiji describes it, she became heartsick. And Momiji, I mean, Hattori then <laughs> erased her memories. He couldn't watch her fall apart, so he erased the time when they loved each other. Kana left and Tori cried, but he still didn't blame Akito. And Toru asks why. And Momiji says, that's because that's part of the curse. Momiji says, that's why he doesn't understand what Akito is thinking, but he understands how Tori feels. He doesn't want to send Toru away like Kana. He doesn't want Toru to be hurt like Kana was. Toru realizes, you can see this kind of like, um, sh- like you see the photo, like Toru is realizing that the photo must be a picture of Kana and tears well in her eyes and she starts crying and Omiji is like, why are you crying? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you cry. 
And she says, no, that's not it. Hattori-san is too kind of a person. She thinks, I'm crying because he's worried about me, even though he might be the one, he might be the one who needs the most kindness right now. Hattori finally returns as she's saying, like, I'm glad I got to meet everyone. Even if I'm being used for some purpose for giving me the life that I have now, I want to say thank you. I'll never regret that I got involved. I never could. I'm the way I am now because of Somakun and the others. Momiji is like, what about me? And she's like, of course. And then Momiji smiles, this really nice, genuine smile <laughs> also. Like, he's also kind of relaxed. And he says that Toru is like a muti, which means mom. <laughs> um, and she <laughs> makes him feel safe. Shigure at that moment pops up from behind Tori and says, like, we wouldn't, we didn't get you involved in our mess to hurt you, Toru-kun. Um, and we're not using you, which, of course, I don't believe for a second, based on any of the things that have just happened. Um, and Toru asks why Shigure is here, and he says it was intuition, because a writer must have sharp sixth sense. And Tori is like, you just wanted to see the preparations. Don't be like that <laughs> for New Year's. Um, and they pick on each other, but more Momiji says they act like that, but they're really friends. Shigure chastises Hattori for worrying and scaring Toru. And Toru's like, it's okay. And she thanks Hattori for worrying about her. While she's expressing her feelings of gratitude um, and her determination, Hattori plops a small camera on top of her head. And she's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, wasn't this the agreement? If you came here, I would give you the camera. And she's like, he never said that. <laughs> and Shigure and Hattori continue to bicker. And then Hattori is like, oh, you still haven't met Akito. And Shigure says it's no good. He went to see Akito earlier and got shooed away, I guess maybe for whatever reason. Toru has more important questions, though, and she asks Hattori about his zodiac form, to which Momiji and Shigure respond with a resounding pfft. <laughs> 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 Shigure is like, great question, Toru-kun, but Hattori cuts him off and threatens to tell all the publishing industry all the great blackmail that he's been collecting since Shigure was four, which of course stops him from <laughs> spilling the beans. And Momiji is like, come on, she'll find out eventually, and Hattori is like, no. And you, stop asking stupid questions, which I think is supposed to be directed at Toru. She's like, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and then she wonders what zodiac sign is supposed to be funny. <laughs> She's like, which one was funny? Was there a funny zodiac sign? Um, but Atori kind of backtracks a little bit and apologizes. And then he says, I kept making you cry today, didn't I? And Toru smiles. And Atori is a bit taken aback. And then he returns her smile. And Atori's heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> <laughs> second christmas special reference of the day <laughs> it's the it's the christmas special reference i've been using all week because i said that to people when i read those comments on on tumblr <laughs> like my heart grew three sizes and now hattori's has two <laughs> anyway shigure and toru take off and shigure is like that hattori calling you out here and causing you trouble he's not a bad guy though and toru says that he seems like a nice person while they're walking out of the main house, she has this inner monologue where she says, it seems like, um, well, it seems like she purposely changed the subject away from Akito. And even though Hattori seemed fine when he said Akito's name, she wonders about everything Momiji said. And then she thinks, does he like him? Is he afraid of him? And the monologue ends on, that's part of the curse. An ominous wind blows <laughs> with some leaves. Um, and Toru turns to look behind her over her shoulder She's passed by Akito, who's hanging out of a window. And it looks like a different window from before. Um, mm -hmm. Who's eyeing Toru with suspicion, I decided, is the, is the look mm -hmm. on Akito's face. Um, and Toru looks back with this kind of cautious, concerned look. The moment then passes and Akito retreats back into the house. And Shigure calls to her. Um, and he's like, Toru-kun, we'll get separated. If we get separated, you'll get lost. 
Um, and she wonders if Akito saw, if that's Akito that she saw. Of course, we know it's Akito, or at least we have made the very strong assumption that that's Akito. Mm-hmm. Um, and she asks, Shigure-san, what is the curse? Do I have to do anything? And Shigure, with a look of... I have decided that this look is kind of pleased. I almost wrote a look of pleasure, mm-hmm. and then I was like, that's not really right. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks like kind of, I don't know, I don't know what you think. Um, you could look at the last chapter or the last page it's mysterious but i think it's kind of pleased i think he looks you know perhaps chuffed (laughs) (laughs) maybe not so chuffed anyway but also it it does look (laughs) it does look kind of sinister Mm -hmm. um to me if someone looked at me with that look i would be very uncomfortable because it has this like um i don't know it looks like things are going his way whatever the way Mm -hmm. is that he thinks I, you know like i don't know that's how i feel about it but he says you just need to be you as for the rest i think it's still too early to tell you i'm sorry toru thinks i feel like i've learned a, a lot yet i haven't learned a thing uh, i have a strange feeling about today will the day come when i understand everything about the somas good and bad the day when i meet him um so they return to <laughs> shigure they return to the house uh to find yuki and kyo asleep under the kotats if you don't know what a kotats is it's like a it's a heater that goes under a table and then it has like a blanket thing because houses in Japan don't often have central heating, especially like old ones like sugar eyes. So it's a place where you stay warm during the winter. They seem magical, personally, <laughs> especially because I live in Canada and it's fucking cold here. I'm always tempted every year. Anyway, um, so. Don't bring your house down. No, I won't. I can't. <laughs> I won't. I mean, I could, but I won't. <laughs> it's just so cold. You don't understand. <laughs> anyway, uh, Shigure says it's true. Even a Kotats can put, uh, or a Kotats can put even little devils to sleep or something like that. <laughs> um, and then there's a little note that says Yuki's dreaming about cheese and Kyo's dreaming about fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that? It's really funny. Yeah. Oh, it was cute. Atoru looks at them sleeping and thinks, worrying about it won't help. Whatever will be, will be. Whatever won't, won't. That's life. The way I feel about them won't change, and the days I live in this house are precious. Um, and then Shigure suggests that they stick chopsticks up their noses, and everything is right with the world at Shigure's house. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the chapter, there's also an omake with Hana. I guess Hana is the subject of a lot of omake, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, but there's some girls who are teasing her, being like, oh, can you kill people with your denpa? And she's like, well, my classmate from grade four, who was the class pet keeper, he might be out of the hospital by now. And the girls are like, out of the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the end. <laughs> so, yep. That's what happened. Yep. There was a lot in this chapter, in these two chapters, especially yeah. um, the second chapter is things are changing. I think when we talked about, I guess we can go seamlessly into the discussion, but when we talked about, Mm -hmm. um, when we talked about this in the teaser episode or the trailer episode, we were talking about how, like, there's a lot of kind of, people have this opinion about the series that it's like this cute, funny, like everybody's turning into animals and everything is cute. But I think now we're seeing the darkness start to come through, even Mm -hmm. to Toru actually in the series. Yeah. I think this is the, First time we really see the the curse referred to as something really dark. Yeah, I think it's interesting that Hattori is the one to bring that up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also really interesting how Shigure is like, everything's fun, I stopped scaring Toru. But mm-hmm. the whole like context that they're in, one of the things that I want to talk about, which I guess we can kick off this discussion, is a couple of episodes ago, like maybe even in the first full episode, 
I presented this theory to you that perhaps <laughs> like a house here in this story kind of represents is like tied to one's identity and kind of tied to some of the, the characters changing. And I think like the fact that they're in the main house when all this is happening and like Toru says that the feeling there is really like oppressive. It's really quiet. It seems like nobody's there. It's behind physically behind walls. Like it's actually being guarded from the world. It's very secretive. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that this place is where this conversation is happening this is where he's saying that the family is dark and cursed. And it's like the physical location is also adding to that. Mm-hmm. It is, it seems quite dark. It's really weird that nobody's around, even though it's like a giant place. Yeah. Um, and then I also thought the way, like I also <clears throat> like Akito, obviously I knew that Akito there's this scene. The I think one of those like really memorable scenes, like sometimes they happen and we talk about them. One of the really memorable scenes is this one where Tor is looking back over her shoulder and she sees Akito for the first time. So Akito yeah. saw her before when she was coming in, but she sees Akito when she's leaving. And that's like a scene that I remember a lot. But I think it's interesting that Akito is in different places in these two scenes. Like, like Akito seems like, it seems like Akito is following her while mm-hmm. Toru is in the main house, like creeping around, waiting for her to show up. Right? Yeah, I think he's sort of being presented as just sort of a, I don't know, an ominous overlooking presence yeah. in this chapter. Yeah. It's like in the background that Tori doesn't notice when she first comes in. Mm-hmm. And then she just catches a glimpse of him at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also like overly stated, like when Meiji says that Akito damaged Tori's eye. Akito mm-hmm. was mad when Kana and Tori said they wanted to be married. It's the first time we're and hearing that Tori's about that. Tori's speculating that Akito is using Tori for something. Yeah, it is definitely being speculated that there's a plan afoot. I don't know if there's more to say about that, but I think there's confirmation. And even, and I think like now Toru is actually acknowledging it. I think they kind of alluded to it earlier in other chapters, but she also says like, if I'm being used for something, it doesn't matter because I want to get to know the family Mm -hmm. and I'm who I am today because of being with Soma-kun and the others. Um, I thought her, her determination to stay with them was very strong. And I thought that was interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, and she still, I thought it was also interesting at the end of this chapter that she said, which is also something I didn't notice or pick up on very strongly before. She's like, maybe someday when she meets Akito, she'll understand the good and the bad of the Soma family. And that she, it's like she, she'll take them. She, and then at the end, when she goes back to visit, she sees Shigure, uh, sorry, she sees Kyo and Yuki sleeping. And she's like, she says like, it won't, Anything that happens, it won't change how I feel about them, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. So we're getting, we're getting all of that darkness that we kind of talked about, or we're just starting to get more information about the th- kind of darker goings on. We know that Akito hurt Hatori because Omiji said mm-hmm. that, and Hatori also warned her about not getting too deep. I don't know if you had more to say about that topic. I just was trying to bring it up and add on to some of the things that we said before about this, the darkness that underlies this series. And then also this mm-hmm. talking about the main house um, and how it, yeah. how it relates to their situation. These physical locations relate to their relationship to their family and themselves mm-hmm. in the story. I think, Yeah, I think, I mean, I think there are a few like really strong settings in this series mm-hmm. that are like important to the series and the main house is one of them. So this is the first time we see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll build on it. I think. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, so we met Hattori. We met Omiji last time. We learned a bit about Omiji last time. We met Hattori. We learned way more about Hattori this time than last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and But not directly from Hattori himself, which I thought was also interesting. So Momiji is the yeah. one... Hattori invites her. Hattori, <laughs> he sets up this whole thing where he's like, don't tell them you're coming. And like, don't... And he's like, oh, such a creep. He seems to be such a creep. Mm-hmm. But Momiji, Momiji's dialogue is used to be like, he's... He's just doing this out of the kindness of his heart. He doesn't want her to end up in the same situation that he's in or that Kano is in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tori recognizes that. And she also recognizes that he needs he needs to be taken care of a bit. Yeah. And that's kind of like a classic storytelling thing where you use a character you're more primed to like to mm-hmm. make you like another character that's kind of harder to like at first. Mm-hmm. Although I don't it's find like, Tori hard to like because he's so sarcastic. But yeah. He's no, positioned but... as being creepy and mysterious. Yeah. Like you're, you know, just the way the characters are introduced, you're positioned to find Momiji likable from the start. Mm-hmm. But Hattori is meant to be a little standoffish. Mm-hmm. So That's using cute. Momiji to kind of soften you toward Hattori. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like having a, a dog go up and lick the hand of a character. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think he's right. Like, I think Momiji is right. Like, that's probably his motivation for bringing her here. I think maybe the reason he didn't want to tell Kyo and Yuki is because he wanted to tell her that privately. Like maybe he didn't. Yeah. Um, it's not clear, I right? Think he just wanted to talk to her without like interference from some from other people. <laughs> yeah, without them. And he didn't know. Obviously, he didn't know that they told her not to be alone with him. Yeah. So he was probably just like, everything's fine. She'll come over. It's gonna be fine. She mm-hmm. won't. She'll be terrified the whole time. Yeah. I think his his thought process is probably like, if you tell Yuki and Kyo, they're gonna come with you, and I have to deal with them yeah. while I'm trying to tell you important information. <laughs> I have to calm everybody down. Yeah. <laughs> and I also like that he set up this whole scheme of like blackmailing them, but then he didn't even tell her about it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, way to go, Hattori. <laughs> like he. He, he was like, wasn't that the deal if I gave you the camera to come here? And then, and then he he never told her that. I don't know. Hattori's interesting. We'll I think that more. was like to give her a, a reason for having come. Perhaps. <laughs> when she comes, comes back. Maybe. It's like, oh, yeah, we, we met up so I could get the camera rather than. Right. Rather than for him telling me. Yeah. N- to leave. Um, I guess. Yeah. Maybe he just wanted to tell her to leave privately. Mm-hmm. I mean, like obviously, you want to talk to her privately. Maybe that was why he wanted to talk to her privately because he wanted her to have the opportunity to leave, and he wanted to try to warn her, but he didn't want Kyo and Yuki to know, like that. That was why, I guess, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like to give her the chance to leave without having, you know, like obviously, Yuki and Kyo don't want her to leave, so mm-hmm. without having to mm-hmm. argue that with them, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe I think he's also, we kind of talked about how, so he's the one who erased Yuki's memory, Yuki's friend's memories. So of course Yuki and Kyo are very cautious of him. I think maybe he doesn't mm-hmm. even want to, maybe there's, he partially doesn't want to like damage his reputation with them. Cause they were mm-hmm. quite standoffish when he showed up. Yeah. I think he knows that he's not like, he's not BFFs with them or anything. <laughs> so. Tori can be my BFF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think he knows that. Maybe he doesn't want to damage his reputation with them any more than Darty is. By by being the one who tells Toru to leave and then she leaves. And it's, it's but it's just like, Hodori, like, don't tell her to come by herself. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, Different time. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was the 90s. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. 
And then, of course, we learned... I think we saw a different side of Momiji here. So we learned a lot about him last time. Oh, this time we learned that he's the rabbit. Yeah. So now we can talk about this. He... So he transformed into a rabbit. An adorable, adorable rabbit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if there's anything about him that is supposed to be, like, the traditional rabbit of the Zodiac. I mean, I guess he's kind of bouncy. He's got kind of a rabbity... What I would assume to be, like, a rabbity personality. Mm-hmm. I think he's well-liked. all the time. He does eat all the time. Rabbits. But he eats snacks all the time. <laughs> I love how he showed up with a snack, too. That was funny. Yeah. And he was, like, eating all their onigiri from the stand. Yeah. And he's like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I do think that um, he... We saw another a different aspect of his personality. Or we saw, like, a little bit of different... At least emotional range from him in this. Mm-hmm. Um, while he... While Tori was warning Toru to leave he had a very different expression than he normally has Mm -hmm. um where it was a lot more serious and i think i described it as forlorn earlier i don't know if there's another way that i can describe it but yeah and then of course he added on he tacked on to hattori's story that uh, about hattori's story i guess to toru so he had a bit of a they had a more serious moment like a more serious interaction Mm -hmm. (sighs) he did also this time he he hugged Toru again without uh, <laughs> without her consent. Um, and I think that was still overwhelming. I also thought, like, I don't know if it's just me interpreting it this way, but she seemed pretty hesitant when he showed up, too, actually, I think, in the classroom. Like, a I little... Think she's mostly, like, shocked that <laughs> the random person she ran into just showed up. Yeah, maybe. I guess if you randomly ran into someone and they showed up at your school, you'd be like, what the hell? But I feel yeah. like that also adds to the same thing. It's like, his personality, I guess... This may be a little bit overwhelming. I think she's getting mm-hmm. this after this time. I think she's kind of getting more, um, you know, he's more vulnerable. He's not just like being super energetic and kind of in her personal space here. He was. Like, well, even at the end of the first chapter, she says she'll feel better when if Momiji's mm-hmm. there. So it's not like she's got negative feelings toward him. No, but I think that kind of changed. Also, she's more interested in him yeah. now that she knows that he's in the Zodiac too. Yeah. I think she was just kind of overwhelmed by everything at the beginning there. Yeah, perhaps. And then, of course, like, everybody's overwhelmed when he's there wreaking havoc during the uh, (laughs) climbing on the stand and whatever. Even Kyo is, like, trying to get him to calm down. Yeah, I do think it's interesting how Kyo kind of automatically sort of takes responsibility of Momiji. Well, Yuki was was busy. It's like Yuki, they kind of, uh, I thought it was nice how they, they were both kind of, like, trying to keep they were both really concerned about Hattori. Like, it wasn't just Yuki. Kyo was, mm-hmm. too. Which I thought was nice. Like, it's almost like they're trying to keep Toru... They were trying to keep her away or kind of not have her be interacting with Hattori as much. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like they were trying to protect her a little bit. Like, they might be yeah. worried about her. Um, so, yeah. So, like, Hattori... Yuki got Hattori. So, Kyo had to take <laughs> care of Omichi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't leave her alone, which of course Hattori commented on. He's like, I couldn't talk to you alone before <laughs> in the office. Mm-hmm. So they did a good job. They were yeah. on. It's like I said last time, like they can work together. They can be on a mission together. <laughs> so the mission yeah. this time was making sure nobody found out that Momiji turned into a rabbit. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Yuki sacrificed himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I guess we could talk about Yuki and his cross-dressing adventure. Yeah. Um, I guess... It's interesting. There's an author's note. Let me read it to you. 
for people <laughs> who are reading the um if you're not reading the Tokyo Pop version or whatever there's an a, there's a um <laughs> there's a author's note at the very beginning of this of chapter 9 which is the the first chapter that we read this time it says like I've wanted to I've wanted to do this cross dressing <laughs> until <laughs> now <laughs> I've been drawing stories that don't have any room for it so with Ruba I thought you will do it Yuki <laughs> this is mind <laughs> out of the gutter uh, but boys with feminine faces uh, are destined to cross dress or be made to think if you asked him I'm sure he'd hate me for it <laughs> which I think is true <laughs> yeah but I thought it was interesting how she was like it's like it's planned and I, th- I wonder what Yuki was motivated by like was he just being nice or was he just doing it because they're all upperclassmen and he feels like socially obligated to to do what they ask him to do mm-hmm. um, I think it might be part of his like trying to do things that make people like him mm-hmm. thing that he talked about earlier on mm-hmm. like obviously he's not into it Toru was right no yeah um, and then she's quite worried about it which I thought was very nice too mm-hmm. um I thought the students' attitudes about it were really interesting. Like, they could have all been, like... They could have all been, like, ew, gross. But they were pretty cool about it. And also... But but then, like... Also, at the same time, this was used for spectacle. Like, it's not like it's part of his identity or anything like mm-hmm. that. And they... Even... So there's all the students who are like, You're cool, you're doing great. Like, we're so... Like, go for it, Yuki. Um, but then there were these other students in the class who were like... Yeah, I don't know. Like, at the very beginning, they're kind of like, maybe he's, like, bringing in too much attention. Like, they're almost, they're uncomfortable with the spectacle because it's drawing away from their achievement of the the onigiri stand, perhaps. Um, Or, like, it's just drawing attention to the spectacle. I don't know. I didn't really get that at all. Um, They said... Yeah, so there's the first page where you flip it over, it's, like, 74. Mm -hmm. And it says... Uh, so the girl, the one girl, the upperclassman is like, can't you tell Yuki doesn't like having his photo taken or whatever? And then it says, well, yeah, but he's too cute. Yeah. So Makuna's the one bringing in all the customers. So. I thought, yeah, yeah, I think that I read that as I think the too cute is because you see it's mostly male classmates there. <laughs> Maybe. I think they're just un- Actually. uncomfortable with that. And they, so Makuna's the one bringing in all the customers. I think it's just Toru completing her sentence. <laughs> Maybe. Because she says, like, the one who contributed most to the Onigiri sales is. Somokun before uh is the one bringing in all yeah. the customers perhaps you're right i do it is like interesting that i think most of the people commenting there's the part where he so when he tries to draw everyone's attention and um he's like because i'm dressed like with his weaponized sojo sparkles as you called it earlier yeah. all most of the people who are commenting i think are the guys in the class like the first two people that you see that are actually drawn in um like fully in that panel there are mm-hmm. two dudes and then they're all like the things that they say are like, if you were really a girl, I wouldn't leave you alone. And he's like, he's right. You look incredible. No matter how I look at you, all I see is a woman. Believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a little, it's a little interesting. I don't really know how to comment on this. Mm-hmm. I figured this would be a difficult thing to comment about, actually. Yeah. Um, this whole scene. Because in this whole situation, it's, I mean, I think he's just... It's it's awkward. I do think that it's like a spectacle. I think that it's he's just participating. Um, the mm-hmm. fact that like the teachers, I commented earlier, like the teachers come and you were like, "That's weird," or you said something about it. I can't remember what it was. Like that's it's, it's not okay. It's not okay. Yeah, it's not. It's so he's. I don't know. So the students, 
the the girl the upper class one who wanted this he's trying to be nice to them but then it's clearly turned into this like really intense mm-hmm. spectacle that is yeah, making him very uncomfortable yeah like i don't think he'd be happy with it either way but i think probably when he agreed to it he didn't think it was going to be as big of a thing no as it turned out to be. yeah he's like i know over his head a little bit yeah um but mm-hmm. i think hattori also i thought it was interesting that even the hattori teases him even more than the students do Mm-hmm. like um he's like when did you turn into a woman which is really funny but also at the same time it's like <laughs> kind of it's really it's really rude <laughs> um, yeah but i think it's kind of like a familiar thing too yeah yuki also like you know <laughs> kind of responds with the same kind of sarcasm yeah he does without any hesitation like i think like he doesn't respond to any of the students yes making comments about him looking like a girl but he pretty easily responds to satori <laughs> with the same kind of yes satori and Yuki are, they're on <laughs> yeah. the same they're on the same level with their with yeah. their comments but yeah this the students he's just like thanks i guess like he's kind of yeah he's he's just doing it to be nice and mm-hmm. the students i think their comments are they are what they are um mm-hmm. so but then yes yeah, so then I guess that directly leads to this scene where they're on the roof where T- Yuki says that Toru is cute and the dress would look cute on her, which is also, I think, an c- iconic scene that a lot of people remember who've read this before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I thought it was interesting how how much, how comfortable he is with her mm-hmm. to the point of now he's like flirting with her a little bit. Yeah. And I thought it was also interesting how close they are when he says that. Again, like she's fixing his clothes, just like the first time when she asked to still be friends when she was fixing his tie. And now the tables have turned a little bit and he's like, well, this will look cute on you. So they're back in the same like position again, which I thought was really interesting. I also, I guess, so I kind of talked about this right at the end, but we can talk about Toru's visit to the main house and how Shigure said, um, I thought it was interesting. I I do feel like it's confirmed that they're planning something um they're scheming something and i thought it was interesting the way that that i'll edit this out of this directly what i said before but shigure shigure to a tori shigure denies that anything is going on there's no plan and then literally five minutes later to toru he's like yeah we just there is something going on but i can't tell you about it yet it's too soon to tell you just be yourself mm-hmm. I don't think he's really confessing to being a plan, though. That just that there's more to the curse. But Perhaps, yeah. I think you can you can read into, you know, everything that's been going on to assume there might be something. Yeah. Brewing. <laughs> I think yeah, the way you're interpreting is is true. Rather than something going on, he's just like there's there's something deeper for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the question she actually asked him is, "What is the curse? What's the curse?" And then he's just basically saying like, "You don't need to worry about it yet." <laughs> yeah. Normally, when we do this part of this podcast, one of the things that we talk about is the changes to the curse. So I feel like we did have an update to the curse this time, which is that there is something. So Akito said, or not Akito, Hattori said a couple of times, like, Akito has to make this decision. Um, Mumiji said he could, Atori felt like he couldn't, that it wasn't Akito's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and Toru said, why? Because I guess, you know, from an outside perspective, it's obvious that akito getting mad and hurting hattori is akito's fault it seems that mm-hmm. way at least and momiji says that's the curse so we got this kind of interesting little nugget about the curse mm-hmm. that there's something that akito might be involved and yeah. that seems and, like like this sort of like I don't know, subservience not the right word but like yeah the particular kind of deference to akito yes 
the relationship to Akito is like also a part of the curse. Yeah. Like it's not just the fact that he's the head of the family. He is mm-hmm. also somehow involved in the curse. Yeah. Uh, which we haven't heard before. So I think we kind of mm-hmm. got that, which I'm sure will be expanded on later. Yeah. And I, and yeah, I thought it was interesting that so soon she asked, Toru asks Shigure, what is the curse? And she also says, do I have to do anything? Which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think she's maybe responding to the idea of if they're using her for something. Mm-hmm. She's kind of interesting. She's like, is there, do you need me to do something? Because I'm happy to. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's like you just found out. <laughs> you just found out that someone who got really too very close to the family, someone else who found out about the curse, like, I don't know what word is used exactly, but it's like became, became heartsick, became so overwhelmed with that something that happened because of being involved with the curse that they Hattori voluntarily decided to erase her memories. And then at the same time, Tori was turning around and being like, is there something that you want me to do? Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. She's very determined and she's determined to see them in a positive way. Like when she goes home and talks about and sees Kyo and Yuki sleeping, she's then like, whatever happens, it won't change how I feel about them. Mm-hmm. It's like, she knows that they're good deep down perhaps. Yeah. We got a lot of information in this chapter. There were some big things, I think, mm-hmm. that happened that got set up in this chapter. Yeah, I think these are kind of, this chapter's kind of the big one that really kind of paints the darkness mm-hmm. of the series because it's the first one where the curse is really referred as a dark thing. Mm-hmm. And it's also the first, like, you've seen members of the Zodiac be kind of wary about Akito as a presence mm-hmm. and kind of demonstrate some kind of fear or uneasiness. But mm-hmm. this is the first time you've really seen, like, like Akito is like violent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like they have a re- they have a you know real physical reason to fear Akito. They do. Yeah, they do for sure. And we also this is the first time that Toru has seen Akito, so mm-hmm. it's the first time that she's been anywhere near Akito. And I thought it was really interesting that Hattori was like, "You need to meet Akito. You need to meet Akito." Hattori, why are you so <laughs> eager to get her to meet Akito? Like it's I don't know. Especially when we think that Akito might be dangerous. Akito's you know lurking around i don't think he's really eager i just think he thinks it might be inevitable perhaps maybe he wants he said, to like go... you might because yeah. he said like you might meet a keto when you go there and then he's like oh you didn't meet a keto but she says a keto is shooting people away so that yeah. might be like oh good we don't have to bring her to a keto maybe <laughs> maybe he was also like well i'll be there so it'll be okay like if i mm-hmm. go like because Akito wanted to go to school so who knows mm-hmm. what that exchange was really like maybe he was really trying to protect toro too this is all mm-hmm. speculation but perhaps yeah he was like, if you come and visit me also, then we can meet Akito. And then it will have taken care of meeting Akito with me there. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was yeah. more like his plan. Mm-hmm. I think Atori cares about her. He's he's definitely framed as being sort of a little bit sinister too. Mm-hmm. But I think he he's trying to make sure that she's she stays safe. Mm-hmm. Because someone that he cared about did not. So Yeah. Yeah. We also learned that uh, Akito is somewhat sickly. Yeah, we did learn that chapter, which is kind of interesting in contrast to the, like the violence in that everyone's afraid of him, but he's shown as being kind of sickly and weak at the same time. Mm-hmm. And also just the status as the head of the family. So the fact that they have to go to Akito for all these major decisions, and then yet Akito is someone who's like kind of physically weak. So Akito is someone who can maybe exert some power over them, even if it's not not just violent but not physical either like not in maybe not intimidating mm-hmm. they show a lot of deference to akito regardless of the fact that akito is, is in ill health a lot mm-hmm. 
So the other, one other thing that I noticed that happened in these chapters is that Toru started to have this attitude that people's behavior toward her is kind of like somehow her fault. It happened a couple of times mm-hmm. when Yuki is really upset about the, and how she says that he, he was avoiding her even at home. She's like, men must have done something to make him upset. And then when she goes to Hitori's house, she's like, he must be here to talk about my incompetence. Like it's all, mm-hmm. everything is about things that she's done that have like offended other people. And I, I feel like I remember this being something, a trait of hers, but I, I we didn't see that yet. I don't think necessarily. I feel like they have to like a milder degree. Like I think there's been moments where she's like, oh no, did I do something? And someone was upset about something. I can't think of something in particular, but I feel like. Perhaps. I do think this is the strongest time that we've seen. Mm-hmm. It's directly something that she said. I don't know that I have a strong like, comment or theory about this, but I thought it was interesting how it came up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll see that. And then of course, another thing that I want to talk about about Toru is the memory that she has of her mother. I did call it out when we were kind of doing the, the summary part, but I just, when I think about that scene with Yuki and her on the roof, I don't I didn't even remember that memory. Like I remember that she said her mother used to call her cute and that's why, uh, and that, and that it meant that she loved her. But that in retrospect, that memory mm-hmm. is so sad. She's like, I'll never get to hear those words yeah. again. And then she, yeah, she has to, like you said, she has to snap out of it. And she's, she's trying to, she's trying to help Yuki, but she's also dealing with this at the same time. And I think like, this is, it's also one of the things that people perhaps think about Toru who haven't read that much of the series or haven't gotten into the series that much. It's like, she's perfect and she's happy all the time and she helps all these people. But I think it's her pain that helps people. Like she's actually using this memory to then help Yuki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this goes back. We heard her, we heard some words from her mother before. Like she talked about how her mother told her that everyone's kindness is different. I wonder if this is kind of continuing on that. Mm-hmm. Like she's saying, everybody's saying you're cute, but what they really mean is like they're, they like you and you know, they're trying to be positive for you. Like it's maybe not the, the words themselves that matter that much. Yeah. We haven't seen anything about her mother since that time, I think. So this was the first time she's back. Mom's advice is back. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting to see that. Uh, I guess I was going to mention it's interesting that they, they talk about New Year's being a really big event. Right. Yes. Chapter. I yeah. forgot about to mention that. Yeah. You're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they have like a rip roaring party. <laughs> um, New Year's is coming in the series so maybe at that time i'll do a little bit mm-hmm. of extra research about like new year's how people celebrate new year's in japan and stuff um yeah but i do think like they have an extra it seems like they have a special new year's gathering the somas do um yeah which makes sense with the whole zodiac yeah it's the time the zodiac is changing i guess yeah yeah mm-hmm. um, i think it's kind of interesting that he says even the outside people help yeah since you know they don't know anything about the person it's like it's just like, they're like, I don't know, I guess we just throw a big party at New Year's, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing that we just do. I mean, like, maybe, it, I think it's normal yeah. to celebrate New Year's with your family and stuff, it, obviously, in Japan, mm-hmm. just like how we have parties. And so perhaps they're just like, we just yeah. do it up, like, more than other people. Yeah, just a really big deal for us for some reason. Yeah, I think we'll get some more information about that in the future, because I know there's New mm-hmm. Year's stuff coming. But yeah, I did think it also it was interesting that the outside people help, I forgot about that. I wonder what they do. Like, I guess they set up decorations. It said, is there something they're, they're making preparations. Mm-hmm. It also seems like it's quite, I don't know if culture day. So what I read on the internet using the power of the internet is that culture day is around um, culture day, which is like a actual holiday in Japan, mm-hmm. which is in November. It's like November 3rd. So what preparations are they making two months in advance? Like, unless he, she yeah. goes a bit later, but still, even then it's like November, December. 
still like a month mm -hmm. away. But yeah, it's interesting that the yeah. so yeah the maybe the farther evolved. away because it's probably the lunar new year. Yeah, maybe I don't actually know. I think that this is also speculation that I'll have to confirm with the internet. But I think that people in Japan actually they celebrate New Year around January first. So like I don't know if it's actually Chinese like a lunar New Year. It mm. might be, yeah. but I think that it's my recollection from this before is that it's actually like the like calendar New Year rather yeah. than the lunar calendar new year. Yeah. It's a little Maybe bit different like, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The lunar new year is when the zodiac change. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just celebrated on what's culturally normal for them. It's not strict to the uh, zodiac to the moon. tradition. Yes. This yeah. to the cycles of the moon, perhaps. I don't know. I'll mm -hmm. Google it. I'll make a, well, I'll make a commitment to finding some more information mm -hmm. out about this for next time. Because uh, I think that that's coming up in like the next episode, so let's commit to learning some more about that for mm -hmm. next time. But that's yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's all that we can say about that. But yeah, it was interesting that they invite the only the people inside the main house know about the curse, and people outside yet people outside who are still in the family are also invited to this like New Year celebration and they mm -hmm. help to set it up. So the whole family has a relationship with the New Year, perhaps yeah. beyond other regular family relationships with the New Year. I guess one other thing, which we, we sort of talked about inside and outside, I think, a little bit. But um, one thing that I noticed is that she said, Moichi said they're at the inner gate, which I never noticed before. So I'm guessing the gate is like the, the outer gate is where Toru came in. And maybe there's even further gates inside the main mm -hmm. house. The, the drawing, <laughs> the little abstract drawing, it doesn't show that. It's not like quite clear, but I don't think it's supposed to be. Yeah. So I think there, there might even be a further interior inside the main house. I think he says something about Hattori, Tori's house being separate from the main house. So yeah, maybe the main maybe house it's has like its a, own gate. A gate for the main house. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like Hattori's house is separate. Like nobody else is around. Like if if what they're saying is true, um, that people mm -hmm. are there and people are preparing at the in the inner gate or near the main house or whatever, then yeah. Hattori Hattori's house would have been busier. I guess or like the area would have been busier. So I think it is separate. Um, even though it's close enough that Akito can see it, because I think Akito wouldn't have left the main house. Mm -hmm. So yeah. well, I think he's like he's on the interior part, mm -hmm. just not maybe like the main main part. House. Yeah, yeah, like he's on Akito's, the inside. But Kido is creeping around, looking out. I think Kido kind of goes wherever he wants on the inside. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, of course, Akito can go wherever because Akito is head of the family. It all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So goes around, creeps. Okay. Yeah. Well, in that case, if that's the end, then we'll play our music, and and then we'll talk spoilers in a second. So. Uh, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So next time, <laughs> I never know how to transition for anything. It's fine. <laughs> um, next time we're going to talk about chapters 11 and 12, which will be the end of volume two. Yay. Mm -hmm. It's like yay or boo. I don't know which way, if you're getting sadder, but I feel like we haven't reached the halfway point, so you can't be sad about the series ending yet. We're just at the beginning, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and I, as I told you earlier, I'm happy to end... <laughs> stop reading my volume two because it's just falling apart so <laughs> i'm starting to get a little concerned <laughs> but yeah so we're moving on we're finishing it up next time you can find us at staytogetherpodcast.com stay together podcast on tumblr which of course some of you have already which has made me really happy <laughs> we're both i could speak for both of us when i say that we're both really happy with the comments <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> thank you so much for your comments and for listening um you can also email us at staytogetherpodcast at gmail.com um and you can on the website, there's a contact form. So if you want to send us notes, I, it of course, it makes my day every time. So thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and if you enjoy this, you can also subscribe and rate and review. 
um, and tell, I know people have been sharing this with people that they know who like the series or they've been um, sharing on Tumblr or on uh, Twitter. So thank you so much for those. I mean, it's going to help us find our audience, which is really nice. So thank you. And we'll, so we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. So we're back for spoiler time. Spoiler time. <laughs> One of the comments that we got was um, from a listener who said that they're like, they're reading through the chapters for the first time. And I was like, I hope you're not listening to the spoilers. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> save it for yourself. Uh, so if that's you, don't. <laughs> also, I think it's too late because we already spoiled a bunch of things in the other spoilers uh, sections of the other episodes. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry, not sorry. We warned yeah. you with it's ukulele music. Basically, I think so. <laughs> Okay, this one thing, here's what I want to start off with, which I couldn't talk about before, um, which is why I was so awkward when we ended the section where we were talking about Yuki cross-dressing, dressing, is that this isn't the first time there's cross-dressing in the series. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how that, what happens later. I knew this mm -hmm. was going to be difficult to talk about because I don't really have a, a if strong, informed opinion about cross-dressing or about cross-dressing in Japan or about cross-dressing mm -hmm. in the 90s so yeah. <laughs> or the early 2000s. But I did, I, w I just, I felt like the way they treated it was definitely, like it was a spectacle. And I felt even Takaya's note is very like, I just wanted to make Yuki cross-dress. I'm like, mm, okay, yeah. well, we'll see. But it plays mm. a part in other things in the series. So I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. that again. It's kind of interesting. I think in some ways it's treated really well by the series. In some mm -hmm. ways not so much. So mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Which again, we don't have the cultural background to really make to make fully informed commentary on it. So, no. I mean, I feel like I don't even have... approaching this from a... <laughs> from a North a American yeah. perspective, from being in the late... North American perspective in 2019. 2019, <laughs> yeah, it's a different it's a different time. We have a different perspective. But I mean, I think we can look back and say, like, I did think that... I did think that the fact that the students were like, it looks so great. Like, they were very encouraging, but at the same time, they're mm -hmm. also, like, really... Um, you know, the male gaze is quite strong. <laughs> I don't know. It's very interesting. Like, I don't know how to describe it. They like, they're like, you're great. You look, if you were a woman, I wouldn't leave you alone. So it's like, okay, like, I'm happy that you're cool with it. But then at the same time, you're like really objectifying him as if he's a woman. It's very strange. I don't know. It was an interesting yeah. situation. I guess I could have said that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And Yuki's clearly very uncomfortable. Like, it's not like he's, I think we'll see incidents of cross-dressing where it's like Ritsu is more comfortable wearing and, and momiji i guess for the school uniform is more comfortable wearing the clothing that would be typically worn by another the other opposite gender of what they identify with but yeah. yuki is clearly very uncomfortable and he's doing it and then it's everyone is treating it like a spectacle like the students are coming uh the teachers are coming to look at everything to mm -hmm. look at him everyone's coming to look at him so yeah it's quite yeah i don't know well i think we can make a better opinion about how the series treats cross-dressing later i think yeah yeah, uh, to say the least. Touching on the Aikido issue. Oh yeah, I totally uh, didn't <laughs> list that there, but yeah. Well, that's like beyond. It's beyond cross-dressing. Yeah, it's like a whole, whole identity. Whole yeah, yeah, being like raised as to behave like a man, but it's like not even to. It's like to have that identity. It's like a persona for Aikido. Like I don't mm -hmm. know, cause because I, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to get more detail before I can make a better opinion. Yeah. About that. Be, because I think that it's more it's beyond it's like a different situation yeah. um I think the way that 
Aikido was walking around the grounds and kind of observing everything and like watching Toru from the windows. Sorry, my internal thought, I pulled a Toru and I was thinking something and then I said the end of what I was thinking, which is that um, <laughs> Aikido does, I think Aikido was raised that way to have power for some reason. Like that's what, like having, being a male was important to maybe be seen as being in control of things. And, but yeah. I, I think Akita, huh? Reasoning. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's the reasoning that was. Yeah. I mean, there's probably other right. <laughs> deeply fucked reasons for why that, yeah. <laughs> that happened. But um, yeah. I think like, but Akito is clearly shown as being in a position of power. Akito's stalking around. Akito is looking at them, except for with Shigure, because as we saw, Shigure mm -hmm. was positioned above Akito in that one scene where they're in, in bed together, as far as we were mm -hmm. surmised. So. But then, yeah. a, and then Hattori, who's clearly, I mean, he walks in and he just like doesn't give a fuck and takes over everything at the school. Um, and he has this, he treats his opinion about what Toru should do. He's like, you should do this. He's very, I think, kind of straightforward. And he seems like someone who's in charge. And yet he is like, Akito makes this decision. I'm not in control of this. Yeah. I'm doing this for Akito. I'm taking this photo for Akito. Um so that's kind of an interesting relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll get more things, and then I'll have to read some gender studies things in the meantime, so that I can <laughs> yeah. have a have a more modern and <laughs> more better informed opinion about this. Um, but yeah, so we'll save that for next time. Just like we'll learn about <laughs> New Year's for next time too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one of the other spoilery things that I wanted to talk about was Toru. The scene with Toru, I just found it really heartbreaking. It's like, she's clearly trying to help Yuki on the roof. And you can see that, it's, I just, I said it before, like, I don't remember this part of this scene where she has mm -hmm. this memory like that, where she says, specifically where she says that it's like, she said, I knew, I remember that her, she said that her mom used to call her cute and that, and that meant that she loved her. Um, mm -hmm. But then I didn't remember her, she's like, I'll never hear it again. And I thought yeah. it was interesting that it's like we're already starting to see her this happy facade that she has unravel. Mm -hmm. It becomes a lot yeah, stronger and that, later. And that especially made me think of the whole thing later on where she's like so worried about forgetting her mom. Mm -hmm. Like making the promise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she promised. Because so she's talking about how she won't be able to hear those words anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that Toru, that aspect of her character, it's something that she struggles with a lot. I mean, she's clearly, it's not very obvious. And even Yuki says like, oh, she looks so carefree at school. You would never know that all these terrible things happened to her. But she's really struggling. I, like my theory about Toru is that all this time in the beginning of the series, she's very, very much struggling with the loss of her mother. Yeah. And I think here we just saw it. Um, we don't see it that much. Mm -hmm. Until... Um, yeah, it's only been what, like four or five months at this point. Yeah, it's probably... So it was May, <laughs> maybe a five or six. Mm -hmm. It's starting to sink in more, probably. Yeah. Um, I think the person who, or the, the other character who who shows up and then really brings this up a lot is Hiro, actually. Um, like, he specifically comments on it, like, the way that she acts about her mother. I think while they're at the beach house. So it's going to mm -hmm. come up again, and it I think it comes partially to a head at that time, too. So we'll see. It's yeah. kind of around that time that she's like, I can't forget her. Um, 
there is a metaphor. <laughs> I can't remember what it is. Yeah. So it's like, I got to keep the lid closed. I can't remember whose box metaphor it is. Cause I think Yuki yeah. has one too. <laughs> anyway, yeah. they, <laughs> they, um, yeah, she, but she definitely is struggling with the feeling of forgetting and losing even more kind of a uh, connection with her mother. So I think we just, we just saw the very first little peak of that, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then we got, I also, I mean, I know Hattori shows up early and we get his backstory early, but I always forget that Momiji, and I think it's interesting that Momiji is the one to tell Toru about it. So we mm-hmm. got his backstory in this. And we actually <laughs> don't get Momiji's backstory for a while. No, I think we still got a couple volumes maybe to go, mm-hmm. actually. But it's, it's yeah, and then you see that he's like, I get where Hattori is coming from, which is a, a, kind of a, it's just like how Shigure yeah. was like, when Kagura said, you don't understand a girl's feelings. And Shigure was like, well, I understand what it's like to be jealous. <laughs> I think this is mm-hmm. the same situation where Momiji is like, I think I understand what Hattori's going through. And it's like, yeah, you, of course yeah. you understand where Hattori's coming from. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, one of the things I think is really interesting in the series is Hattori's relationship with the younger Zodiac members. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, they're all kind of wary of him. Mm-hmm. Or, and I think he is aware of that. And, like, you know, they have reason to be from, like, Yuki and Momiji especially, although I think Momiji and Hattori's relationship is especially interesting. Yeah. I think they actually have a very strong relationship, despite yeah, that. Yeah, but I think I think he kind of thinks of the younger Zodiac as treating him kind of warily mm-hmm. because of his abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, at the same time, like, when Yuki's warning Toru away from Hattori, he's just like, Hattori's not a bad person. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, but like if the keto tells them to do this, it's going to happen. So. Yeah. I think it, yeah, I was about to say, I think like in this case, Yuki and, and Hattori, they have an interesting relationship. I think it's showcased more later. There's a time where yeah, he like ruffles Yuki's hair. It's like way later yeah, in the series. Like, yeah. That's like one of my favorite yeah. Yuki moments because he kind of apologizes because he thinks he's like sort of subconsciously blamed Hattori for things or something. Mm-hmm. And Hattori just like ruffles his hair like a kid. It's really yeah, it's really great. <laughs> and I think Hattori gets that. I think that's why he's like, that's actually, that's, I mean, we talked about him wanting to have Toru, talk to Toru alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's why. I think he knows that that's, they're trying to protect her. Yeah. I think, I think Momiji doesn't feel like that, but Yuki definitely does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kyo is pretty cautious. Kyo probably knows. I always wonder how much everybody knows about everybody else's business in the Zodiac. Yeah. Like, Shigure knows about Akito, or Shigure knows about Hattori and Kana. Momiji knows about Hattori and Kana for some reason. Yeah, I kind of wonder, going back a little bit, but also in terms of that, I wonder if, like, Momiji did feel that way about Hattori earlier, and they mm-hmm. had, like, a like, heart-to-heart at some point, which might be why he knows <laughs> Maybe. about Hattori's story. Because I think Hattori kind of takes care of Momiji. Mm-hmm. It seems like, because Momiji lives by himself, right? So I think Hattori is yeah. probably, like, checking in on him and stuff. Yeah, it seems he like I kind of, feel some responsibility. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't? I mean, if you yeah. the memories of someone's mother. Yeah. And then Momiji's dad is, of course, like not involved. So I mean, mm-hmm. he's there, but I think Katori, and of course, like all the Zodiac. I think other than maybe toward the cat, I think they're all kind of like they're kind of like we're in this together. Like they kind of take care of each mm-hmm. other. I think especially Hattori. It's almost like yeah. he's taken on this role of like, he's the real, you know, Shigure is, uh, he's living with Yuki and mm-hmm. Kyo. He's like, I said earlier, he's like their designated adult. <laughs> yeah. But I think that Hattori is the real designated adult. Like he's the one who's kind of yeah. checking in on everybody. Yeah. I think he's the only one of the adults who's actually kind of, <laughs> you know, responsible. Yeah. Like. Well, Yame is just absent. 
Um, yeah. And then I don't think Shigeru is responsible. I mean, I think he's harboring. I still, I do think that he's he's got a scheme and he's trying to keep yeah. Toru there to be acting on that scheme. And then he's got Kyo and Yuki there. I, th- I guess mm-hmm. Yuki probably wanted to live with him, but even Yuki doesn't really trust him. Yuki was mm-hmm. the one who, in the beginning, was like, "Well, they're scheming." So we could, like, what yeah. are you scheming? Like, so Yuki mm-hmm. lives there out of not wanting to be in the main house. And then even Kyo lives there, I guess, because Hattori, uh, not Hattori, Akito said that he has to. Yeah. Uh, we haven't been introduced to Cosmo yet, but Cosmo probably thought it was good mm-hmm. for him to live with them too. So, yeah. And that, Hattori strikes me as the, the perennial adult taking care yeah. of everybody, especially because of things that happen later too. Yeah. Like even with a kid, Ahmed's actually got his shit together pretty well. He's just not a good caretaker. <laughs> he's uh, well, he just like didn't want to have a relationship with Yuki, and that has like you know it has um, um, there's like backstory that supports that. Yeah. So he's just yeah he has his shit together in the sense that he's like a working adult. I mean he has his shit together like we all have our shit together, <laughs> like just barely. Yeah. Well, I mean actually I was thinking about, I guess this is more relevant when he's introduced, but I think he's one of the more self-aware Zodiac. I think he's very aware of his own. Yeah. Flaws and foibles. <laughs> and that's why he comes back to try to have a relationship with Yuki. Yeah. Because um, like, even when he's like going all over the top a lot of times, he'll <laughs> kind of stop and be like, sorry, I'm, you know, being yeah. me again. <laughs> yeah. I'm being me again. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. Or it's the best that Shigeru is like, what are you talking about? I'm great. Yeah. I don't think Shigeru gives a shit. I he, he's <laughs> yeah. I think, he, I think he knows he's, I think he knows he's kind of bad, but. Yeah. He, but he wants it to be that way. As. Yeah. Ayame doesn't want to stay the same. Well, uh, Shigure, no, I think he knows that that's what he's like, but he doesn't care. But we'll see. I think he does care a little bit, just not as much as he says, achieving like, his goal. Yeah, yeah. He's basically like, he says, like, I'm the most cursed of all. Moment, and... yeah, I think at moments he does feel guilt for some of the things he does. It's just mm-hmm. not enough to deter him from doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. We'll, yeah. we'll see at least, won't we? Yeah. Um, talking about things that didn't happen in this chapter yeah that's why we have a spoiler section this is what it's for (laughs) so we can do this i thought the main house this is the first time she goes to the main house um Mm -hmm. and i feel like since we saw akito kind of creeping around in these chapters oh i also the flowers were there i didn't point that out in the thing but because i didn't want to say that but yeah akito's flowers are there like i think maybe when it comes up again i'll bring it up again for the in the non-spoilery section but yeah the main house was interesting I do wonder what this like main gate situation is. Like maybe it is a gate that's even inside for like the actual main house. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. Of course, of course, Atori's house and Momiji's house, at least, and some others are separate inside of the gate. So you have like the 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 long path of outside people inside the main gate. You have some separate houses, and then inside perhaps another gate in the main house. There or there's a main house where Akito and like Ren and some of the other people are. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. this I'm sure we'll we'll see more. There's gonna be more stuff at the main house, and then Toru comments on it. It's almost like a meta fourth wall kind of comment where she's like, "Most people don't get. It must be that most people don't get to see this. Like even the outside, even the family, only comes in during like the New Year time." Yeah, yeah. I also always forget how big the family is, but then I start to think about it, and it's like, well, you know, you have, like, the 12 Zodiac, and then their family, like, their immediate families, and then Akito, and Akito's immediate family, and then the maids mm-hmm. and whatever. That probably quickly adds up to, like, 50 people. So it's probably everybody inside yeah. the main house. Yeah, and if they count, like, the servants that live on the main. Yeah, exactly. Part of it. 
the main. They're right? obviously in the know. <laughs> yeah, they, yes, they're in the know and they want to stay that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but then the outside people, like, there's still a lot of somas. So mm-hmm. it's interesting how many they are. Um, yeah, I wonder, like, I guess, like, the outside people, like, become inside people when they, like, have a soma yeah. child, like, a zodiac child. I guess, yeah, the whole thing. A I lot think... of them, because it seems like a lot of them aren't, like, aware of it being a thing until no. their child turns into an animal. I don't think any of them <laughs> knew about it. Traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any any of them knew about it. I mean, maybe Hattori probably, well, Hattori's parents probably knew. At least Hattori's father or something knew because yeah, didn't he teach him? Of- the memory suppression? I don't know. Uh, I think so. I think he did. And like, then, I think some of them probably had links to previous Zodiac members mm-hmm. and so are already in the know, but it seems like some of them definitely were just outside yeah. someone's and then surprise. <laughs> yeah. And then like Yuhi's parents got double surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Like they seem like they might've been in the know because they're very. <laughs> Hoity-toity. Yeah. Yeah. And like aware of like this. Like the rat is special and all these things and mm-hmm. stuff. So. Perhaps, but, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Perhaps, but yeah, it does seem like a lot of them they definitely become inside people when mm-hmm. when they have children that are part of the zodiac or cursed by the yeah. spirits. And it must not happen that often. Like they all have to, like they they they're new. New the spirits are reborn when someone dies. So mm-hmm. maybe yeah, it's like not even. They even say it doesn't times. happen. Like. Like they say, like this is the first time in a while that mm-hmm. all the spirits are present, so it doesn't even mm-hmm. happen like immediately afterward. Yeah, you're right. Could maybe go generations between having a new soma born, new zodiac born. Yeah, <laughs> new soma. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting. The curse. When we learn more about the curse, is going to be interesting. Like we're gonna have, we're gonna get to talk about it more. Yeah, I'm maybe glad. Like a, a conspiracy board with string connecting all of <laughs> together. <laughs> a thing. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Shigeru probably has one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what all those files that uh, Rin was looking for that time are. <laughs> and it's it's nice that he's we got... got like, he's got like bags under his eyes. He's like, I know how to break the curse. <laughs> <laughs> we find a girl in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> if I live Definitely. in these woods long enough, someone will pitch a tent here. <laughs> like what? I wonder what they think Like she's going to do. I guess they just think that maybe by her accepting everyone... That will help break the cycle of them only being accepted by each other or something. Yeah. I wonder if he felt the same way about Kana. This is also wild speculation, but... Because mm-hmm. Kana it felt the same way. And it's, in fact, their their reactions are directly compared yeah. in that one part. It's about, like... I think it's kind of, like, the whole thing is, like, breaking the cycle. Mm-hmm. Because I've got some, like, half-formed thoughts about how, like, a lot of the younger Zodiacs are, like, actually wind up being pretty supportive of each other and that seems like mm-hmm. it might not have always happened mm-hmm. like especially their attitudes toward Kyo mm-hmm. even Hattori like I said that one part I was I wanted to look I looked at the Japanese not because I thought it was weird or anything but because I thought it could be interpreted a little bit coldly as if he just mm-hmm. added him as an afterthought but it's like not really the way that it's written Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, as if he was just commenting yeah. because he was there. But no, I think he, like, genuinely was happy to see them, mm-hmm. including Kyo. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a very unformed, like, theory I've had. Yeah. But just how they kind of seem, like, almost like they're caring more about each other than Akito, maybe. Mm-hmm. And especially in, like, a lot of them actually seem to get along well with Kyo. Mm-hmm. Even before the whole, like, ending thing. Yeah, the ending thing. The whole, you know, yeah. end of the series. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I like think... Kyo seems like Kyo gets along pretty well with Momiji in their own way. Yeah, gets along pretty well with Haru. <laughs> and I think like Yuki, the thing about Yuki and Kyo is like we've talked mm-hmm. about how they are now that they live be living together. They're like role how they play out the roles of being the cat and the rat is changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, it's and then we yeah. have there's I think there's backstory where they've always like envied each other. And they have that mm-hmm. connection with the hat story. So they they have a history. Yeah. Um, I think they all are getting closer as teenagers, too. Like, there's things yeah. of all the nice like kids, and it's not the same. And, like, later on, like, you have Kisa, who's trying to, like, be friendly with Kyo. Cause, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's adorable. Because Toru is friendly with Kyo. Yeah. And, and Hiro so shows some concern about, like, them being in a relationship if Kyo's going to get locked away and stuff. Yeah. I think Hiro... <laughs> Hero's a great character. Just, yeah. <laughs> Side note. But I think there's just sort of more like they care. Instead of just going like, well, this is how it is and how it's gonna be, they're gonna yeah. go and this is kind of bad. Yeah, this is bad. <laughs> Even we should just accept it. Yeah. Rin is trying to break the curse and she doesn't necessarily care. I don't know if it's that she cares about about you know, Kyo specifically or anyone specifically. I mean she's trying to be with Haru, but um I don't know if it's even all about him. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's like, well, yeah, she's caring about like, another person. Another yeah, Zodiac and like member. Kagura takes in Rin. Yeah. Yeah. And they have an interesting yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. And then Shisho takes in all of them. So he's like another <laughs> outsider yeah. who's kind of uh, collecting somas. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> um, collecting other somas, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because he's aware mm-hmm. of the situation, unlike most mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love how they laughed about. We didn't find out Hattori's um, zodiac sign, oh, yeah. but they <laughs> made that joke. I'm gonna have to look up that pun also <laughs> for next time. <laughs> but I like how Tori was like, "What's a funny zodiac sign?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that part with Hano was interesting. I don't think there's anything extra spoilery to say, but it's just like one little thing, one tiny thing <laughs> that I never noticed before. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, Hanas." <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's like reading people's fortunes because the girl is there in front of her. <laughs> It's kind yeah. of funny. Maybe she's cursing people. Maybe. She's using the thing. I think it's an antenna. <laughs> Maybe it's supposed to be to like yeah. uh, to like read their waves better or something. Yeah. Like $5 uh, and I'll curse your enemies. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's consultation. Yeah. I think. But I thought it was funny how Uo, also Uo and Kyo are just like chilling on the floor. Yeah. This is also not a spoiler, <laughs> but to elaborate a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We need more Kyo. Yeah, there's a lot of cute background stuff in that chapter. Yeah, it was really nice. I stuff that I never noticed. Or like I d- just pass, skip over. And it was really nice to yeah, see. Yeah, like I never noticed the, the flowers. Momiji taking the flowers in his, yeah. hair, in his hat. <laughs> I didn't even notice that Yuki had flower, got flowers from someone before. <laughs> so it was nice to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to go back because I noticed like that flower suddenly appearing in Momiji's in hat. hat. I'm like, where did you get those? And then yeah. I like, traced it all the way back. I was, I was like... Oh. I did the opposite. I was like, oh, look, someone's giving you flowers. I never noticed that. And then I looked forward and I was like, oh, now they're in his hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. I'm just looking at my notes to see if there's any more spoilery stuff. Oh, I have something to say. It's not necessarily, spo- well, I don't know if it's spoilery. So I did, I do, I wonder, so like, I guess they're all supposed to have traits of their animals. What are Momiji's traits as a rabbit? Question hyper. mark. Yeah, hyper <laughs> snack eating, eating all the time. I feel like his is just like not... Maybe some of their traits are expressed differently. Like, they're less strong. Like, Kagura's is... It's, like, basically all her personality is chalked up to being the boar, right? Mm-hmm. With Momiji, I don't know. It seems like he... 
we learn he has all these aspects about his personality that are almost they're similar to Toru's like they're kind of from they stem from the pain that he experienced of losing his mother I think a lot of them mm-hmm. like he's very um he's very like kind and caring and empathetic yeah. he's he's I mean, done what Sherry said yeah I think the rabbit stuff is just like rabbits are seen as like you know high energy and always moving and stuff he's still um really really handsy with Toru it's like constantly <laughs> hugging her mm-hmm. it's like I still don't really know how to feel about it mm-hmm. she's getting more and more comfortable with it yeah. um, but it's like it's kind of yeah I think it's probably partly he's probably kind of starved for that kind of affection yeah <laughs> probably it's like oh I can I can hug a person now yeah so sad. my horrible family <laughs> <laughs> well he can't even yeah well, his dad's probably not going to hug him. His dad is probably kind yeah. of... I don't know yeah. what it says in the text about him, but um, he doesn't have a close relationship with his father, right? Yeah, I think I think that's kind of interesting. I think the relationship his father mostly has is guilt because yeah. he kind of chose mother over him, and I think he feels bad for it, but, you know... He's kind of like... He's to, paying... I think he, like... Yeah. He, he kind of tries to, like, make it up with stuff. Yeah. Like, got the violin lessons. He's got... like the... Like a renowned violin player. Yeah, I think so. And his, it seems like his house is like very well furnished. And it's like, but when she goes to his house, it looks quite big. Um, Yeah. Especially even compared to like Hattori's. Like, I don't know if that's something that money buys. Like, I don't know. The Soma's relationship with the money, I think must be interesting. Like I've thought about it before. I don't have an opinion. Mm -hmm. Like it's all speculation. I have an opinion. That's all speculation. I should say. Um, But like, yeah, he, his father has a relationship with him. But I do think mm-hmm. it's all, it's like stuff based. It's not contact based. Yeah. It's like he can only see him at the office. He can't, you know, like it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, so Momiji just wanting that kind of affection and also that he's been able to get away with stuff like that because he's so small and seems young. <laughs> yeah. He does. Yes. She's like carrying him as a bunny. Uh, yeah. Like I don't <laughs> think it's malicious on him at his end. I think he's just aware that he can <laughs> yeah. do that without getting. <laughs> Like, I don't know, slapped. <laughs> <laughs> I like how, yeah, I don't know. I like how Kyo calls him lover boy, though. It was funny, too. <laughs> Kyo called him out on it right away. <laughs> and then he's like, You probably hugged her all the time because she's so cute. <laughs> he's like, What? <laughs> so uncomfortable with that idea. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's interesting to see uh, in a different light, in a deeper, with deeper speculation. But yeah, I think you're right. He is also, he's finally found someone that he can get that kind of attention from. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like he has a very close relationship with people in the family other than Hattori. Like, he doesn't have a close relationship with, like, Kagura or, mm-hmm. I mean, probably not with Rin, but uh, I guess he kind of has a relationship with, like, Haru. Mm-hmm. They all get closer, though, in the series later, yeah. it seems. Yeah. He's, like, one of the ones that live on the inside, and a lot of them don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wonder, like, does Haru live on the inside? He probably does. I forget exactly where he I think he, he probably lives. does. But I think, you know, Yuki and Kyo don't. Most of the adult characters don't, except for Kareno, and nobody sees Kareno. <laughs> yeah, he's mysterious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know about Kagura's family. I don't think they live on the inside. I think they yeah, still think live they together outside. outside. She's, like, going to college or something, too. Yeah, she? later she is. Um, so, even if her family lives on the inside, she doesn't spend that much time there. Mm-hmm. And then... Cosmo lives outside, of course. Mm-hmm. Heart, I think Hiro and Kisa 
Well, I don't know. Momichi says they live inside. Maybe they all have house, separate houses inside. Yeah, I think they probably live inside. Mm-hmm. Other than Shigeru, Yuki, and Kyo. I think Hiro, Kisa, and Haru do. Oh, Ritsu doesn't, obviously, because Ritsu lives yeah, with the, his mm-hmm. parents. Ayame obviously yeah. doesn't. Mm-hmm. I think they live above the shop. Yeah, so it's actually kind of funny how Mujis like, everybody lives there, except for Kyo. <laughs> it's like, none of yeah. them live there. <laughs> Only a couple of them live there. The ones who are not old yeah. enough to escape. Yeah. And he's saying, like, they start out there. Yeah. Except for Kyo, never, Kyo wasn't, wasn't allowed to. Was never invited. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's all the spoilery stuff that I can say now at this point. Mm-hmm. We will, of course, yeah. get more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, thank you all for listening. You know, like I said earlier, we really appreciate all your feedback. It's been wonderful. And I'm, we're finally getting, um, like, I, we're getting, the stats are all growing, which is really nice. Not that that's the only thing that matters to me, but it's just nice to like see it happening, which is cool. So more and more people are finding out about the podcast, and that's nice. I'm I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So next time we're reading uh, chapters eleven and twelve, so we'll be finishing volume two. You can find us at all the places: staytogetherpodcast.com, staytogetherpodcast on Tumblr. You can email us, and thank you again for all your support and for spreading the word. This is uh, really. It's fun to get to like dig into the series and talk about it every week. Mm-hmm. We're enjoying it. We're glad you are too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>